Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, we discuss everything that went down this week with Roman Reigns. We preview evolution. Becky Lynch is on the show. I've got podcast beef and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Man, oh man, welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. We've got a lot to discuss this week. Um, Of course, we're going to get into Roman Reigns, and there's just a lot to dissect. I want to talk about Roman Reigns as a man. I want to talk about his career. I want to talk about the way fans felt about him, feel about him, and will feel about him. You know, the past, present, and future of where Roman Reigns lies in those history books. We'll talk about all of it. Um, And the shock that I think we were all in with the announcement that Roman made on Monday Night Raw. We're going to preview Evolution, of course. Uh, And Becky Lynch is on the show to talk Evolution and the evolution of her character, really, and everything that's happened. But before we get into the serious stuff, listen, there's a couple of jokesters. So the Major Brothers started a podcast. Right, and they started a podcast. Uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, the Major Brothers, started a podcast because they wanted to talk about wrestling figures. Uh, they've been bullying me on a fairly regular basis on their podcast. Uh, they've been making light of my collection, and Zack Ryder had the audacity, audacity this week, to call me a poser in the wrestling figure world. Now I am getting peer pressured in the sense that I feel like I'm being challenged. Uh, I'm going through my parents' house, which I now call Freebay, because every time I go over to my parents' house, I get to bring home a box of action figures that I would buy on eBay, but I get them for free because I paid for them a long time ago, so it's Freebay. And I'm, I'm, I'm organizing my collection so that I can show the world and the Major Brothers more specifically exactly what I have because apparently I'm in doubt. I, I had the foolishness to let them know that somewhere along the line, my Ludwig Borga lost a finger. My Hasbro Ludwig Borga suffered a tremendous injury. He lost a finger. Now, I haven't found my Ludwig Borga figure yet. I'm, I'm being honest. I've found most of my Hasbro collection. A lot of them are sun damaged, but I have not yet found Ludwig Borga. But the point is, to have the audacity to call me a poser when the reason that my Hasbros are worn out is because they're actually my Hasbros, Okay, apparently uh, being a poser means that you didn't just get your entire collection a month ago by uh, sending people on eBay autographed 8 by 10s Apparently that if you actually collected these figures and saved them, you're a poser, but you're a real collector if you just go on eBay and scoop everything up uh, and, and send them autographed 8 by 10s for Instagram shoutouts and whatnot. I don't know. I don't know, but I think that debate is going to go on for a long time. And so here's what I'm going to do. Earlier this week, before I heard the poser comments, 
I interviewed Kurt Hawkins. I'm going to run the Kurt Hawkins interview this week on this podcast as a bonus interview. We did it at the Devils game. It was WWE night. And, I, you know, I always have good conversations with Kurt Hawkins unless he's trying to besmirch my collection, which we'll get into. But I'll have a bonus interview with Kurt Hawkins this week here on the podcast. Um, I'm going to do some bonus shows this week, I think. Over on Patreon at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. Become a Not Sam Shill. You get bonus audio shows even at the lowest level. It's like four bucks a month. And at four bucks a month, you're getting multiple bonus audio shows every month. I'm already updating the old captive audience shows. This week, I put up an exclusive interview uh, with uh, Impact Wrestling's co chairman. Scott Diamore. He's got a really interesting story. That interview is exclusively on Patreon for all of the Not Sam Shills. This week, we're going to do an Evolution pre-show. That's going to be live and on video. Uh, I believe for the Superstar and Hall of Fame level shills, we're going to do an Evolution pre-show. I'm going to do another bonus show for everybody. Because if you listen to the Major Brothers Wrestling Podcast, Wrestling Figure Podcast, They've been uh, pulling Mattel's Bill McKenna. They've just been pulling him through the dirt. They've been mocking his work. They've been saying terrible, terrible things about him. He's been on this podcast before as a guest on a bonus podcast where we just talked wrestling figures. Next week, we're going to drop another Bill McKenna podcast, and we're going to address accusations against him by that Major Brothers Wrestling Figure podcast and... We're going to have an actual conversation about wrestling figures where we don't do ridiculous things like go on YouTube and say that the Edge and Christian 2-pack was the first ringside collectibles exclusive when the entire world knows that the autographed Al Snow bone-crunching figure was the first ringside collectibles exclusive. How do I know that? Because I still have two in the box that I ordered from ringside collectibles when it actually first went on sale. Not that I found on eBay. So that's coming up all this week. So become a not Sam shell. <laughs> so become a not Sam shell, and uh, you can have access to all the bonus shows. But even if you're not a not Sam shell, even if you're not signed up at Patreon.com/slash/NotSamWrestling, we'll put out the bonus wrestling figure podcast for you next week. But before we get to next week, I want to get to this week's official guest. We will get to that Kurt Hawkins interview as well. But let's get to the official guest of the week, uh, the woman who so much of the promotion of this uh, of this Evolution pay-per-view has been wrapped up around. A, a woman who since, well, a woman who's done a lot for the uh, women's division of WWE since she got to the main roster, but has really ramped it up. Starting this summer, I would say uh, July leading into August, SummerSlam and beyond, Charlotte and Becky Lynch have had one of, if not the, top storylines on WWE television. And that is the type of thing that really pushes the women's division farther. That is evolution. When the top, when one of, if not the, top storylines on WWE TV is revolving around women. It happens very rarely, and it's happening right now between Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Becky Lynch is going to defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte evolution this Sunday night and before she does that she is here on Not Sam Wrestling ladies and gentlemen our guest this week on the podcast the one 
the only, the incomparable Becky Lynch. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Becky Lynch just uh, days, days before Evolution goes down is here and you have to be kind of over the moon excited, not just because of what a big spot you and Charlotte have on this show, but how invested audiences have been in this story really since SummerSlam. I mean, you've got them hook, line, and sinker. Them, us. You've got us hook, line, and sinker uh, invested in absolutely everything you guys are doing right now. It's it's, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, but I, I think... I think uh, I think why it's working so well is that it's been it's been a, a three and a half year build up, you know, it's been a three and a half year storyline, and uh, there's so many uh, elements that are it's so real, you know, and I think anybody can identify with it, um, and I think uh, anybody can 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 resonate with that feeling of feeling overlooked and seeing seeing somebody else who's maybe more naturally talented, more naturally gifted, um, get ahead and uh and and wanting to prove that that you deserve you deserve the same the same respect and um and more because you're working harder <laughs> with uh with less less tools in your box, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that you say. But uh I, I think that's why people are getting invested in it. I think that's why people are uh um, are, 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 are feeling it. Were you surprised by kind of how aware people were of that, that like it didn't take a lot of convincing that people had watched you and Charlotte closely enough over the last three years that as soon as that feeling that you just described was kind of presented to us, we were all like, yep, we've all been watching it. Yep, we've all noticed it. Because it wasn't like it was it was in your face the entire time, right? No, it wasn't. But I, I will say, um, I think I think around I think around Money in the Bank was was when it kind of came to light. You know, that people people were behind me. You know, and and people really had supported me the whole way. And there was a long time when I was down and I wasn't doing anything. And I uh, I was doing interviews at WrestleMania and I constantly got questions. So 2017 wasn't the best for you. So 2017 wasn't the best for you. I'm like, yep. All right, I'm trying to change that, lads. Come on, work with me. Um, and, uh, and, and I think then uh, Money in the Bank, we saw that people had been caring and supporting the whole time, and they really wanted me to win Money in the Bank. Because any time it puts that ladder, they would, they would cheer. Um, uh, I think that was noticed. And uh, and eventually, there's there's just got to be a point where you, you kind of snap. You've done the right thing time and time again. You've worked your hardest. You've 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 showed up on time. You haven't missed a beat. You haven't you haven't taken a day off. You haven't taken a week off. Um, and, uh, and and people people they notice that kind of stuff. And eventually, enough is enough. And you've got to you've got to you've got to Nobody's gonna hand it to you, and you gotta take, you gotta take what you want. And I think everybody identifies, identifies with that. And I think they've been watching that, yeah. um, and because it's not necessarily, I haven't been out there the whole time. I haven't been, um, I haven't been on the front of things. I haven't been, but I've been silently uh, working and and constantly. Even if I, if I even if I haven't had a storyline, 
I've been on TV doing something, usually losing to somebody. <laughs> and uh, and I think I think people said enough is enough. That's kind of the beautiful part of wrestling too. That sometimes like you can you can go through what you went through where you're not doing as much as you think you should be doing. You're not doing things that are as noteworthy as you think they should be, and you don't even realize as it's happening that all that that year of doing that is going to make the next year and the story that that period goes into way, way, way better. And I think that that's what happened at SummerSlam, like when everything came to a head. What was going on in your head when all this happens, you know, you finally snap, it goes down, and not only is everybody reacting, but I think in a move that probably surprised a lot of you, you're getting cheered and Charlotte is getting booed out of Brooklyn. So I don't know how surprising that is to me, hmm. um, because because like I said, anybody can identify that with that story, right? Anybody, and it's not um, anybody can identify with that story of 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 feeling overlooked and feeling frustrated and having done the right thing for three and a half years and it not getting you anywhere. And then finally, you're like, you know what? I am sick of this crap. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what it takes because I've been, um, I've been cheated out of championships and I've been cheated out of opportunity because I, there was lines that I wasn't willing to cross. Well, now, you know what? It doesn't matter who's in my way. I'm crossing those lines and I'm taking what I want. Anybody can identify with that. Do and I think anybody wants to do that. Yeah, right. I, most people, most people, they stay in line and they're freaking, they're gritting their teeth, and their boss is yelling at them and they're telling them what to do, and they just want to say, you know what, I'm doing my best over here. I'm doing the right things, and they they would like to 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 stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough, enough is enough. I've proved myself time and time again. Now it's time for you to notice how good I am. But I think you know, what, what I makes. Think, uh, what makes this story different, I think, is that we had all gotten to know the fact that you're not just standing up against uh, a boss or a coworker or just saying there's a person who's at the front of the line. I deserve to be at the front of the line. I'm going to step up. But the person at the front of the line has been presented to us as your best friend this entire time. So the idea that you're like, I'm so fed up that I don't care if you're my best friend or not. I'm here to win and I'm going to put you down to do it is a pretty big move. Absolutely, and it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, where is as well. I think a lot of people can, um, you can look at that and, and say. So, and I've even told Charlotte this, you know, like she'd always get these opportunities, and these appearances, and I'd be like, oh man, you know, and I'd be I'd be happy for, um, but where you'd say, oh, I want I want to be able to do that, or I wish I was I was on that, um. I was on that appearance or, you know, I wish I was on the front of that poster and you have to witness it and you have to be the happy best friend for her. But eventually you're like, no, I want it. I'm going to take it. Right, right. So how do you feel about the comparisons? Because what you're describing, it's not the first time we've seen it in the world of WWE. How do you feel about the comparisons a lot of people have been making to you and to Steve Austin? Um, It's, it's, uh, it's very complimentary. I don't think you can get a higher compliment than that, no. really. Um, and it is that uh, it's the whole anti-establishment feel, isn't it? You know, where you're just you're going against the grain, 
and and you're not caring what people think. And I think that's what a lot of people want to feel, right? They want to feel like, I wish I wasn't confined to caring what people think. Um, just as a as a personal thing, right? And and so you can live vicariously through that. And I think that that's what's been the 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 marker that's made this character so uh, so relatable right now. Are you going through ideas in your head right now? You've got this giant last woman standing match at this show. And I think you guys have as much potential as anybody to completely steal the show. But to that note, uh, this being the first all-women's pay-per-view, and certainly a pay-per-view that's going to be looked at historically for a long time, the pressure is on you and on Charlotte to deliver, right? Like, you have this opportunity to steal the show, but you also now have the pressure to live up to the expectations of what this show is. Are you feeling pressure to to put this show on your shoulders, or are you just feeling opportunity? Uh, to be honest with you, now more than ever, I'm just feeling opportunity. And uh, I always put pressure on myself, and I know Charlotte does too. Uh, uh, there's always a lot of pressure, because um, you want to go out there, and you want a main event, and you want to steal the show, but that's every single time I go out there. That's, that's that's a, a a one line in a promo. That's a that's a two minute match. Every time I go out there, I want to do the best that I possibly can do and give the fans whether they're getting one line or they're getting two minutes, make that the best two minutes that they possibly that that they're going to see. And of course, often often you fail and you don't and you whatever happens. But that's the goal. That's always the goal. And so with this, it's no different. Um, and I'm not looking at it any differently than, than any other match that I go into, except now it's time to, to make the mark, and it's an opportunity to show why this is the greatest storyline, why this is the real main event, and why why I am the champ and the person that won SmackDown Live, and I am the man. I love that, by the way. I was just about to ask you about the man. Is the man something that you came up with? Because I feel like it's only been a couple of days, but... A lot of people are talking about it. I was, I was, I was googling, I was googling Becky Lynch right before we talked, and people are already celebrating the fact that you're uh, referring to yourself as the man. I was talking to Mick Foley last night, and he wouldn't stop talking about how in favor he is of you taking on the moniker of the man. Uh, is that something that that you came up with yourself, and something that that you're happy has clicked in as 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 well as it has? Yeah, absolutely, because it's that state of mind of, like, I am the top dog. I am the man. And it's something that people always say. It's something that I always say to people, like, oh, thank you, you are the man. You know what I mean? So now it's saying, I am the man. And it's not about being a man. It's not about being a woman. It's about, it's a state of mind. I am the top. I am the top. I am the man. I'll tell you what made me, when you started saying that, what made it work for me was, and what, when I realized when I started like associating you with that kind of mentality is that going into Hell in a Cell, the last pay-per-view, you and Charlotte were the last segment on the last episode of SmackDown going into that show. That segment traditionally is reserved for whatever the number one story is, whatever the story that is going to push people to watch that pay-per-view is. That's the story that goes in that segment. And not only was your story the story that was in that segment, but nobody was sitting there wondering, why is that story in this segment? Everybody, and I'm talking the audience, us, we were all going, yeah, that's exactly the story that should be in this segment. And it wasn't until I stepped away from that 
and really looked at it that I was kind of like, wow, that's a big deal. Are you taking time to step away from what you're doing and like kind of look at it pridefully or are you so in it right now that you're just moving? I, I'm I'm very proud of what's happening, but that's what I've always wanted. And I think to me, that's what evolution is about. It's about people not realizing that and just people being invested in the story. Gender be down. It doesn't matter. It's what people are invested in. It's the characters that people want to see. And, and, and that's what evolution means to me. And that's what I want to go into this pay-per-view with, with the mindset of timing is that it doesn't matter, man, woman, or child, right? You can be Nicholas for all I care. Right? You've got to go out there and you've got to steal the show. And, uh, and you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to give people something that they're entertained by and something that they care about. Um, but I am, uh, I will take a few moments to sit back and, and giggle to myself about how this is all happening. Now it doesn't feel real, of course it doesn't feel real, never, never, I think it's, uh, it's, it's hard to appreciate it when you're, like, not appreciate because I appreciate the hell out of it, but to, to, uh, to appreciate the magnitude of it. You know, but yeah. this is what I, this is what I set out to do all along. It this really, is what I wanted to do all along and we're getting there. Yeah, it really is amazing because it's what you guys have been talking about the whole time. Um, speaking of talking about the whole time, so when Ronda Rousey uh, showed up in WWE in January, immediately people are talking like, well, clearly the big match is Charlotte versus Ronda. At some point, they're going to do Charlotte versus Ronda. You know, WrestleMania 34 pops up and people are like, I'll bet next year they're going to lead to Charlotte versus Ronda. And it feels like, I don't know if it's just the last couple weeks, but conversation amongst fans anyway has picked up by people that are watching SmackDown and watching the reactions that you've been having both on TV and on pay-per-view and on live shows and everything and realizing, like, you're kind of clicking in ways that are 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 beyond anything that you've done before. And the conversation I feel like is moving towards what if the match was Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania 35. Is that something, is that a goal in your mind? Is that something that you want to do? I want to main event WrestleMania. That's my goal. I see. Uh, that's my goal. So you can put whoever you want there in there with me. I want a main event WrestleMania. And that's my goal. And that's all that I've ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I said out when, when, I, when I came over to, to WWE. I said, one of the last things I said to my friend was, I want a main event WrestleMania. And he said to me, he goes, nice to have goals, but be realistic. Well, how close are we to that now? Um, so that's what I want to do. And yes, I would love to. I would love to go against Ronda Rousey. I look at her as a as a slot machine. You know, the harder you kick her, the more money's going to come out of her. But, uh, <laughs> and she's and she's doing an incredible job. She's doing an incredible job. Um, but uh, I've I've wanted to put this uh, women's wrestling on the map, and I've wanted to put myself on the map, and I want to main event WrestleMania. Well, Becky, you're doing it. You're, I mean, you're putting it on the map. It's really, it's really spectacular to watch. I can't wait to see Evolution. I know everybody listening is going to be tuning in, and if they're not already subscribers, they're going to be tuning in for free because the WWE Network is free to new subscribers for Evolution right now. Um, and I can't wait to see it. I'm so happy for you, and I'm just absolutely loving what's going on. So congratulations, and thanks for making the time. Thank you so much. Love talking to Becky Lynch. You know you want to be at Evolution. You want to be there in person. And if you're in the area, you really don't have an excuse. Even if you can't find the tickets that you want, you're going to be able to. And I'll tell you how to do it. You do it 
through SeatGeek. Of course, everybody knows that getting tickets online is far too complicated. You can't tell what's available. You can't tell what's real. You can't tell what's a good deal, what's a bad deal. SeatGeek takes care of all of that for you. I have it on my phone. I've used it. I can tell you all about it. SeatGeek is the way to go. What they do is they have they know everything that's going on, okay? They got comedy shows. They got Broadway shows. They got wrestling shows. They got sporting events. They got concerts. Everything. And they keep you up to date with what's going on. Here's how it works. They do it based on location. You can search uh, uh, based on your zip code. You can search based on the type of event you want to see. If you're going to be in Nashville two weeks from Friday, you can find out what's going on in Nashville two weeks from Friday and get your tickets right there. You, you pull up the event that you want to go to. There's a seating chart. It tells you all the seats that are available. It color codes everything so you know which seats are the best deal and which seats does it not matter? It just happens to be the best seats in the house. Whatever you want, SeatGeek has you covered. And I've got a way that is going to show you that you can get an even better deal. How's that? $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase just for listening to Not Sam Wrestling. That's right. My listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. S-A-M, SAM. That's promo code SAM for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. We now shift and we go over to one of the major brothers before I found out that he might have co-signed with the idea that I'm a wrestling figure poser. Ladies and gentlemen, from New Jersey Devils WWE night, this is Kurt Hawkins. It's WWE night. Oh, yeah. In Newark, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. It's the Devils game. Hell, yeah. And Kurt Hawkins is here. What's the haps, Kurt what Hawkins? What is the haps, Sam? Podcaster extraordinaire. Yeah. Just another wrestler. Just two podcasts. Two podcasters <laughs> just sitting here. Yeah, except. Talking shop. For me, I'm just like a wrestling fan that does podcasts. I feel like every time a wrestler does a podcast, that's like, okay, that's a couple more downloads I won't get anymore because why would you listen to me? There's wrestlers doing stuff. I feel like what Zach and I are offering is so different, though. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's not even close to like anyone else's genre. No. That we're in our, I think we're, as of today, number 17 on the iTunes hobby count in the top 40 or whatever. Did the you have hobby to figure category. out? Because you do the wrestling figure podcast. Did you have to figure out, like, okay, what category are we going to do? We had this discussion. And yeah. The, and I was the one saying, no, it's hobbies. Like, why would we go up again in the sports realm? It doesn't make any sense. I won, and I feel like it was the right decision. Now, I do too. Now, now that we're ranked so high, I'm like, yeah, that was a good call. Of course. Because, like, aren't Jericho and, like, Austin, like, in the high, like, like 70s, 80s, right? In yeah. Sport, in all of sports? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so come it's on. like that's yeah. the competition. I think we're good. Got. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we're good where we're at. Plus, yeah. now you could like, say like you're the number one wrestling hobbyist podcast. Oh, that that was the day we launched. We were. <laughs> <laughs> Just done. Yeah, yeah, it's like the four people that do wrestling hobbyist podcasts. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Have you? Do you feel like uh, your standing in the figure world has a uh, – improved increased what do you mean by that like i i feel like the the wrestling figure community is a world into and of itself mm -hmm. and I, I feel like you and Ryder were always like known as collectors yeah i think i think all our uh secrets are out about how deep we are but the but fact that you're I, talking I think, about it every week yeah and i think broski likes that that he's like he wants people to like bow to him at, at, like <laughs> as some king of wrestling figure i just Think it's fun, and I like to you know enga yeah. engage with people, and that part I'm enjoying. But I think Broski wants to. He's wearing like a suit, and he's looking down on all the other collectors. That's that's his like vision, I think. Right, but not mine. Necessarily. There's no thought in his head like 
you got to keep in mind, like, you're working for WWE, so already you're at a higher level than collectors <laughs> of WWE. I stuff. know, but, like... And you make a bunch of money, and you're, like, a bachelor, like, your girlfriend. Yeah. But, like, you're not married. You don't have any kids. You just have all this spendable I, income. I think I, it's almost, like, so ignored that we work for WWE within the podcast, so because we literally sit back and break it down like it, it, it's nuts to really i'm thinking about now thinking how nuts it is that we're in the wwe we're sitting back talking about these wwe toys currently that we're collecting and how intense it is it's um yeah it's, it's kinda, wild that's what i think that's what makes it so unique though because we talked about last time how like when you guys started 10 years ago it was kind of like you had to be in the closet about the fact that you were a fan oh big time and yeah. then you had i'm gonna walk in the locker room day one and tell you know Hardcore Holly, Hardcore Holly, were you a fan of your bone crunch? You know, yeah. like what the hell would happen? Remember here? when they put Sid legs? Yeah. on your figure. Did that what make that, any that sense? That was BS, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's crazy. Just slap you across the yeah, face. Yeah, I know. Uh, but now it's like you're you're completely open with it. Ah, uh, we don't care anymore at this point. I yeah. had it on in the car, and my wife was trying to figure out who was who, mm-hmm. and I was like, because she remembers you as Brian, but I'm oh, like, okay. I always refer to you as Hawkins. Uh-huh. And so she'll get the names confused, and she'll be like, wait, is that Brian? And I'm like, no, 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 that's yeah. Ryder. And she was mm-hmm. like, okay, so Brian's not the one with the problem. <laughs> I was like, no, no. I, mean, I, I for sure have a problem, but not bro- bros- in comparison, Broski makes me look like the most sane, you know, civilian, regular collector, because he's nuts. Have people been surprised at how many people are, like, interested in this podcast? Um, yeah, I... Th- I think uh, what I like to hear the most is like when people are like, I kind of like figures, you know, so I listen, but I found it very entertaining, even though I'm not like a big collector. That's like the most flattering feedback. Other than that, the one we get the most is that people are like, we call it scratching that itch. People have just been like, they're literally tweaking like, like addicts listening to the podcast and they you know go nuts on their eBay app and start making all these sentimental purchases and stuff. Well, I told you that's what I'm banking on is that like my whole collection it's worthless, but you guys keep okay. talking about how much you like worthless figures. Yeah, and I feel I, like you're gonna you're gonna increase the value. I think we've already done that. My our producer was talking about today. He collects Hasbro's and stuff. He he's like pointing out Zach, like blaming him, like you've ra- raised the value of Hasbro's single handedly because <laughs> you've made it like so popular, so trendy, so like noteworthy, whatever. You've done that, like it's paying the ass. And I went through mine, and I'm you know I don't. All mine have, you know, 10 fingers, unlike yours, you know, where they're really beat up. But I'm getting so <laughs> anal about it now because I just feel like the responsibi- responsibility of being this big-time collector. I was looking at some today, and there's some that I'm, like, not thrilled with. Mm-hmm. You know, like five or so that I want to replace. And I'm looking at eBay now, and they're they're skyrocketed. I can't I know. believe it. Even so, the loose ones, right? Yeah, and I'm starting an LJN collection, which is a whole other world of... I can't believe the prices on these things. It's a terrible time to start an LJN collection. It's a terrible time to start any collection because we're... We're bumping it. Right. I think even stomp guys are up from what they were two months ago, right. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I still think you're pretty safe with bone crunchers. Because they were mass. I must have been just mass-produced attitude error, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. that, that's, that's, your, that's your money in the bank, though. Everything. <laughs> Everything. I have all the bone crunchers. So as much as Broski's bust your balls, I bet he needs some of those special editions and Wait, stuff. He's been trying to clean up little loose ends in his Bone Cruncher collection. I hear him on the podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, Sam's collection is, is, is horrible, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So this week I, I went out and brought the Nitro vibrating figures. And all, I'm like – All of them? No, no, no. I, I, he oh, says that at the yeah, same time oh, being oh, like yeah. – And I'm like, what are you talking I about? I think what, what we both find funny about yours is that they're like 
mint on card like <laughs> like you're thinking they're gonna skyrocket like you don't just have like a loose set where it's like cool to have or whatever no, you, you have them like pristine like case fresh thinking oh yeah these are gonna pay off dividends you, one day for me like you knew when i was a kid i bought them that and i was too. like no no this what, is an uh, investment what patience that you have you've had with them yeah it's uh it's bad so uh Outside of wrestling figure dumb, yeah. Do you do you find it like, is it a distraction from the wrestling world? Like, is it just something that keeps you creative when you're not the, wrestling? The figure. Oh podcast? yeah. Well, the other weird thing is the timing of it. Um, the second week we were launched, I got hurt, so I've been hurt this whole time. So I I literally feel like a wrestling figure podcast or not a wrestler because like if I go on Twitter, <laughs> all my feedback is just that because I'm not on television and right. stuff, you know. Um, I got hernia. I'm pretty sure picking up Broski and slamming him on a live event. Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. That's yeah. what happened. How long are you? How long is that? I'm hoping to be cleared very, very soon. So that's what's been going on. It's it's a minor surgery, but it's still surgery and a big deal and stuff. So I'm hoping to clear this week. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, it, but it does help that instead of like the old days of just sitting at home. Well, my story is even crazier than that because I got realized I was hurt. Got all, everything situated I was going to do, going to get surgery, and the office called me and said that Vince would like me to be a producer the whole time I'm out. So the whole time I've been out, I've been doing that, like doubling. Is that so amazing? It's cool. It's very flattering, obviously, that yeah. I was cho- chosen. Um, a incredible, one-of-a-kind learning experience, for sure. Uh, I don't think it's something I want to do at 33 years old. Right. I feel like I'm in the absolute like prime of my wrestling career you know in my mind for wrestling and like wrestling's obviously in my heart and my mind and it will be forever and i could do this whenever mm-hmm. there's going to be a time when my body tells me hey no more right. wrestling so i would like to take advantage of that right but i mean just learning how to do it now is like especially for sure yeah under the learning tree that it's you have incredible yeah it's been a really cool experience who have you been working with um as far as producers go so every Every meeting, I'll be assigned to somebody. Like, you know, hey, follow Jamie Noble all day and do what he does. Follow Dean Malenko all day, do what he does. Uh, most of the time, I've actually been with Tyson Kidd, who's one of my best friends. So it's been just Amazing. really cool. Yeah. Now, do you look at it now from a different lens? Like, have you been able to be like, oh, that's why it happens on that oh, side? Oh, on several things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I see how like how things get done and how things are done the way they're done and. Why we're told what we're told as wrestlers and stuff, you know. There's, there's reasons for things, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you you don't know that because you don't know. I feel like you would be able after that experience, even if you're not ready to do that right now, you'd be able to come back and be a better wrestler. I think that was the idea, like the beneficial idea of it. Um, and I think more people will do what I'm doing when they get hurt and the opportunity presents itself for sure. Because mm-hmm. you know, our you know eventually. Our generation has to move on and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, the Arn and Dean and Fit are only going to be around for so long. You know, when did you guys look around, like your generation, which is you know, you, when did you guys look around and be like, wait, we're not the kids here anymore? Um, so Broski and I are like a little unique in that sense because we're still like not even close to the oldest guys at work. Because we started so young. Because we started so freaking young. We yeah. were on the road with WWE full time at twenty two, so we're both like. You know, but 33, and we've been there. For, we, I feel like I've been there forever. Right. Like we just had SmackDown 1000, and you know, this big nostalgic episode. I'm like, I looked at Zach, I said, We used to come out of the fist. <laughs> like, we've been around so long that we made our entrance out of the big exploding fist. That's probably why they thought you were ready to be a producer. You're it like, wasn't even you know H- I'm only 33. It, was, like, I'm... it wasn't even HD when we started. Wow. Yeah. So you were there when they started, when they built the whole new set and the tube uh, yeah, screen. Yeah. That they like, did. that's how long we've been around. And, like, not a lot of guys can say that on the roster. 
Yeah, I but guess that's it, true. I mean, it, you think about it. We're we're going into WrestleMania 35. Mm-hmm. Your first big WrestleMania was 24 yeah. in Orlando. <laughs> that sounds so horrible to say. Yeah, that's amazing. You think I'd be like 100 years old? Yeah, but, yeah. So you still, so you don't necessarily. You're like, I guess we're elder statesmen. Only because we've been here that long. But we are, like, but we're not. But then, like, our peers are, most of them are older than us. Like, right. guys that are, like, you know, on the roster, so. And they've been wrestling just as long, just not. Just not with WWE. WWE. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So you're just kind of part of that way, We're right? just a weird entity. Of, and Kofi, uh-huh. too. Isn't it, wouldn't, yeah, but Kofi's old. Oh, okay. That's the difference. <laughs> old, old man Kofi, come on. That's <laughs> so, different. So Kofi's been yeah. there as long as you have, but he started he's much later. Just, yeah, he's grizzled, though. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> <He's>, yeah. <laughs> How, do you have anything in your head of, like, this is how long I think I'm going to wrestle for? Or do you still just go, like, I'm going to wrestle until my body tells me not to? I think it's that. Yeah. I also think I would like for, like, my close friends and, like, especially friends in the business and probably my wife, people to be like, eh, you didn't look so hot out there. You know, to be honest with me, like, it's time. You know, right. I, I've seen that happen enough with other guys that I'd be totally okay with someone being that honest with me. But do you think, because I think the, thing, the reason other guys who you say that to, they still don't stop because they're like, no. Because I it's like, but once think, it's gone, it's gone. But do you think that you'd be strong enough to believe them or would you be like, no, man, it's still in my heart? I don't know, man. I, exactly. I really can't answer that. Until you're there, you who really knows? can't. Because once it's gone, like, you said, like I said, once it's gone, that, but that part's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Have you gotten to the point now that you've been there as long as you have where it's not? Like I would imagine when you first started, mm-hmm. right? Like all your buddies – it must have been the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Because you grew up a wrestling fan and you were the one that actually made it. Mm-hmm. When you're there as long as you are, yeah, I know you still have at least some of the same buddies because yeah. I know at least one of your buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do they still go like, oh, man, that's so cool? Or do they all take it for granted now? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't even like text them when I'm on anymore. Like it's <laughs> it's so, I mean. They don't go to the show. Yeah, longer. from when I started, like, <laughs> I you know, if it was a weekend where I was off, we'd go to, like, our local bar. I'd, like, open a tab and just, like, think I'm the man and it was yeah. never going to end and just everybody just would go nuts. Just nature boy it up. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. just go crazy. And now I don't even, like, text. I barely text anyone when I'm on. I just work. Which like, is funny. Not that I don't love it. Or anything. I guess I'm just not excited about it in that way. You know? Right, like, it's not mind-blowing because it's what you do. Yeah, and also people, I don't know. Yeah, it's what that and then just with, like, DVRs and YouTube, it's not, like, it's can't it's not can't miss for my right. friends and family anymore. They'll... They'll be able to keep up with me in social media, a million things, you right. know, so. Just go look at the gift that they just posted. Yeah, whatever, there. yeah. Which is funny, though, because, like, I would say that now you're doing, like, some of your best stuff. Just I agree. That's the reason I don't want to stop. Right. Know? Yeah. You know, because you have really the character. Been, you're doing promos I've really busted stuff. my ass to, like, get to that point. So that's another reason that I'm like, okay. I gotta but it, get... it's also funny that you bust your ass to get to that point. And you're not like, you got to see what I'm doing. You're like, yeah, this is what I do. I, don't, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm going to work. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, I don't know. It, what I do is amazing. And like no, you said, I my childhood it. dream and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That I mean, part. I don't, I, I'm on the radio every day. I don't call oh, yeah, my okay. buddies from high school and be like, hey, I'm on the radio this yeah. morning. Like, yeah, you're like, hey, you got a porn star in here. You should, you should listen. No, you know what time <laughs> I'm on. Like, you yeah. can either listen or not listen. Yeah, it's like either you, it, I guess that's what it is. I think, like, if you're going to watch anyway, then you're going to see me. Right. I don't want you to have to, like, feel obligated to go out of your way. Is Maybe that's what. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your figure. Oh, baby. Both versions. Yes. I mean, that has to be one of the ultimate. Because you, you had a bunch of Jax figures. You had the basic Mattel. Mm-hmm. But this one is, I think, the first one that feels like some work went into it. Oh, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Actually, the 
uh, basically Mattel, I think, it was is a good figure. underrated, right? It's a good likeness, I always thought. Yeah, but yeah. this one is like like some real and it, thought. And money. it came with a free Brodus. <laughs> which is not bad I thought the cane was the accessory the Brodus was the, Brodus the accessory, was the accessory yeah. yeah and hat but, but, uh, but this one really like thought went into it oh right? Bill from Mattel like yeah knocked it out of the park right. it was very cool I feel like Bill from Mattel put in his NXT level of effort into the uh, well I did have that PWG weekend so maybe that that little, bit, little bit of street cred I built up with Bill yeah to get me a cool figure years later is there like do you go from there and be like okay I need more of this or do you go this is I have it now, and then not with figures. Figures, I'm like, bring it on. I want more. Yeah, I want, but I want like random stuff. Like uh, Zach and I talked about this weekend. You know, like Mattel is those 12 inch. Like oh, I don't even know where they go. Like Dollar General, they're yeah. very generic. They're in those like thin, long packages. I'm sure they're making new ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want one of those. Like I want like <laughs> the weird Just stuff. Weird yeah, stuff. I want um, my new f- ultimate goal is a bleacher creature. Which is like those, they look like Muppets. Uh-huh. I just want my daughter to like take a Kurt Hawkins bleacher creature everywhere. I think it would be the most adorable thing ever. Because you're such a freak for the merchandise. You want all like the weird stuff that you're like, can you believe they even made this? Like <laughs> yeah, you want yeah. a Kurt Hawkins you know I mean? version of I mean, that. that's, that's kind of what I want. Did you see the ring that Mattel, the ring that Mattel made for those 12 inch figures? I, I'm, we, we're recording this week, and that will <laughs> that will be covered. That will not 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 be covered. As yes. soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, oh we have to talk." Broskin, about this. I've been texting. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like what? Yeah, I don't know. But your guy Bill, mm-hmm. he just handles the elite stuff, right? Uh, whenever we like call him on something, he throws his hands up and go, "I'm just elite. I'm That's just elite. Me. Like, That's don't shoot, me. don't shoot." <laughs> right. So yeah, that makes sense. So here's the devil's game. Mm-hmm. Is this? Uh, do you like? Doing stuff like this because I see you pop up at uh, a lot of the sports nights for WWE. I saw you at the did Jets Met, game, Mets, Mets Jets, game. and now yeah. this Devils game. I think WWE just the people in the office know I'm the resident like sports nut. Mm-hmm. So like I do this stuff like with a smile on my face. I'm like, oh man, I have to go do this appearance. I'm like, oh cool, let's go yeah. do it. You know, get to watch the game. I get a jersey with my name on the back. Yeah, I got that. I don't know what to do with it, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that they know that I'll be enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you surprised? You talked about Brodus in your action figure two pack. Are you surprised looking at that like that you're the one who stuck around? You know what I mean? Like no, like, you're not. No. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to go into detail about that, but <laughs> okay. No. No, that that's uh, okay. All right, enough said. <laughs> As it said, right. enough said with uh, yeah. with that. Um, well, man. So you think you'll be back soon? I'm hoping to, yeah. Or hoping I think I, I think I'll do a little tour of the PC next week, actually, to really to put the finishing touches on my comeback. Yeah. Have you been? You've done stuff in the PC before. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Actually, uh, when the PC opened, mm-hmm. I think they were just like looking for like reasons to make people do stuff there because it was this new like shiny new toy, and like randomly, summer 2013. Yeah, I got called and they sent me. Um, Zeke, Big Zeke, and <laughs> Ted DiBiase Jr. was supposed to go, and I'm pretty sure he like basically like quit over it. They're like, "Oh, creative is nothing for you. Go down to the PC and work out and cut promos and do this stuff." And I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like I wanted to see it and do it. And it was actually, I was in Billy Gunn's like class for a month, and I like actually really enjoyed myself. Wow. Uh, that's how I met and like knew most of the guys who are on the roster now. That's mm-hmm. how I first met them because I was there for a month and like in their classes. And now, did you go down just to like pick up on stuff or to be a student slash mentor? More, I I really don't know. No, I've never heard of anyone else doing it since. But mm-hmm. only Zeke and I went. I mean, I got what I got to work with Dusty like one more time. Which when I was in FCW, I pretty much would say that Dusty saved my career because he like uh, helped me with my promos and gave me confidence in them. Which really like was the next step. Like when I before I went to FCW, I didn't have that like 
tool in my toolbox at all for sure. And with working with him, I got it. And then I got to do you know hang out with him again and go to his promo classes, which is like invaluable stuff. So yeah. it's a cool experience. So it does seem like a lot of the stuff that some people might be like. I don't want to do all this extra stuff. You kind of have a pretty good head on your shoulders about. I think the key to a lot of this is just, like I said, being enthusiastic. You yeah, know? that's what it's How do you look like. at it like, oh, you know, yeah. I have to go do this. It's like, well, if you want to be a famous pro wrestler, like, you can't just do it from your couch. You know, a lot of things go into that. Yeah. So. And, I mean, you grew up with this stuff, and it's like you get to do it now. Yeah. I, I just don't want to ever not appreciate where I'm at and what I'm doing and stuff. You know, I'm definitely fortunate. Well, I appreciate where you're at here with me and the I, folks. I appreciate seeing this beard in real life. You're my inspiration. Not just Instagram. <laughs> You've crossed the barrier, man. You have to do it now. I am. There's like, I think it was like, I was talking to my buddy at work who's also got a beard. And I was like, you know, like it was once I shaved the neck then you, the first you've time. you defined it, yeah. I was like, now I'm, now we're here. <laughs> this is nothing to what we're talking about. I remember one time when I was in OVW, we were going to do like a stupid live event or whatever. And Cabana came, maybe he was driving, me and Zach. And I had like, I was a major brother, but I had like the stubbly, like nothing stubble, but I shaved the neck, so it was like a beard. <laughs> and Cabana was like, did you shave a beard in it? Like, what? Did, what? And it was like, he like, he just completely hurt me so bad, I went and like got rid of the rest shaved of it and just went rest. back to clean shaving. I was like, okay, he caught me. Like, you can't do that early. Oh, like. man, it was so early. I'm talking like three days of growth, like just so stupid. And he just called me out on it. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Kurt Hawkins, I always appreciate it, man. Hell yeah. Likewise. Cool. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Hey, Not Sam Wrestling Podcast listeners. This is Wade Keller, editor of PWTorch.com. I've been covering professional wrestling as my job for over 30 years since I was a teenager. You might have heard me on the Steve Austin Podcast, the Jim Ross Report, and right here on the Not Sam Wrestling Podcast. And you can hear me break down professional wrestling four times per week. Just search Wade Keller wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got our post-Raw show available a couple hours after Raw with on-site correspondents who describe what happened off-camera, what didn't air on the show that night, plus live callers just like you spotting to the show, plus our mailbag segment, and a rotation of co-hosts. Same thing after SmackDown on Tuesday nights. And our flagship drops every Thursday, and our interview every Friday, and includes special guest co-hosts, including sometimes Sam Roberts. I also talk with ex-WWE creative team members who share fascinating behind-the-scenes stories about Vince McMahon, top stars, and storylines that went a different direction than were planned. So join me every week as we cover the world of professional wrestling. Just search Wade Keller on your podcast app of choice, and Subscribe to both the red logo and the blue logo. That'll cover you for all four weekly shows. Or check out our links on our news and results site, pwtorch.com. Here is Sam Roberts. How great is Becky Lynch? Like, I know last week, stuff that I said here in the in the bridge segment of the podcast made headlines when, you know, I don't know if it needed to make headlines, but... If you're going to turn anything on this podcast into a headline, how about the quote that Ronda Rousey is like a, a, a slot machine. The more you kick it, the more money pours out of it. I mean, that's brilliant. It's, it's poetry is what it is. Becky Lynch is a modern-day poet. And I wonder sometimes, like, as I'm watching her, and I was watching her, I thought SmackDown was great this week. The video package and the Performance Center stuff that kind of hyped up uh, the what I believe will steal the show at Evolution this weekend um, between Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I wonder if Becky realizes 
the level at which she's performing right now. Because Becky's, you know, she's right in the sense that she says this is, she's been working on this forever. This is something she's been planning. It's almost like she's saying like, hey, I appreciate you guys loving me right now, but I've been doing this the whole time. I just wonder if she is even aware at the level to which she's performing, the level to which she's improved over the last year or so. Because we've never seen Becky Lynch running on all cylinders the way we are right now. And she's only getting better and better as the weeks progress. In fact, I feel like the more she continues to connect with the audience, the better she does. There, there's something, it's just this symbiotic relationship that is, they're fueling each other right now that the, the more the audience likes what she's doing, the better she does, which makes the audience cheer for her, which adds the fuel to make her even better, which makes the audience, well, you understand by now. But... Yeah, I was really happy that of uh, all people this week to have Becky Lynch on the show uh, to kind of get some insight into what's in her head. And, you know, I really like talking to her about the, the character stuff because the question that was on everybody's mind anyway, anyway was uh, had to do with the booze and the fact that Charlotte was getting booed and Becky was getting cheered, and we talked about that. Uh, I love that, that Becky looks at this from a character standpoint. I mean, it's almost like, and this is the way I feel like more performers should be, the Becky Lynch character and the person that we talked to just now on the podcast, you really can't put your finger on where one ends and the other begins. At no point in that conversation did Becky say that she expected booze. The same way the character of Becky Lynch never turned on anybody. The character of Becky Lynch believes that what she was doing was right. And the woman that we just spoke to, Becky Lynch, also believes that what the character was doing was right. So I just think it's really, really interesting that this idea of like, oh, I'm supposed to be a heel and they're not booing me, at least according to the interview we just had, is not on the mind of Becky Lynch. So big thanks to WWE and Becky Lynch for helping to make that happen. Uh, and of course, Kurt Hawkins, bonus interview with Kurt Hawkins. The conversation might not have been, uh, might have been a little more combative, I should say, had I gotten a chance to listen to him and Zack Ryder's figure podcast before I had the conversation with him. A lot of Sam Roberts shots this week, and they seem to continue. And I don't appreciate them very much. And like I said, we're going to have Bill McKenna from Mattel on a bonus episode of Not Sam Wrestling within the next seven days uh, that you'll be able to download for free. It'll be on this stream. You won't, you know, if you're subscribed to Not Sam Wrestling, you're going to get that bonus podcast this week, uh, whether you're on Patreon or not. Now, I do want to let you guys know that now is a good time to sign up for Patreon, to be a Not Sam Shill at patreon.com slash wrestling. Very low point of entry, like four bucks. You pay the four bucks, and not only will you get this podcast uh, new every single week, you'll get it ad-free. And you'll get it early. So I upload it to Patreon as soon as I'm done recording it, which is the uh, late afternoon before it gets aired. So if you don't want to have these nights anymore where you're like, ah, I can't wait to wake up Thursday morning, Not Sam Wrestling, you could have had it the night before if you were a Not Sam show. So you'll get it early and you'll get bonus episodes. That includes um, post shows of pay-per-views and big events. That includes uh, bonus state of wrestlings. That includes bonus interviews like Scott D'Amour. Uh, that we just posted uh, the previous week. And, of course, that includes our Captive Audience series that you're not only going to get to hear new episodes of, but all the old episodes going up as well. That's for everybody. You go one tier up, 
to the uh, uh, indie darling level, and you're going to get a ton of video content. You're going to get uh, interviews that we do here on the podcast, like that Kurt uh, Hawkins interview, the Becky Lynch interview. You'll have video of that from the Not Sam studio, and you'll get it early. You'll get it the day the podcast drops. Every Thursday, whatever interview is on the podcast, that video also goes up on Patreon. takes a few weeks to get to YouTube sometimes. So if you want to see the videos instantly, you got to be a Not Sam shill on Patreon, and you got to be a part of that... Uh, uh, indie darling level. You'll also get the state of wrestling segment every single week for Not Sam Wrestling on video exclusively by being a Not Sam show if you're an indie darling level. Uh, if you want to go one step up even from that, you can be a superstar level Not Sam show and you're going to get everything I just mentioned plus more exclusive stuff. You're going to get exclusive video Q&As that we're going to do once a month. You're going to get exclusive video shows. For instance, we're going to do this weekend a pre-show to uh, Evolution that's going to be on on Sunday and that's going to be viewable live, by the way. I stream these live exclusively for the people signed up at the superstar level of Not Sam Show and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you can go all the way, become a Hall of Famer, and not only are you going to get everything I just said, but you're going to get free tickets to any live event that we do for Not Sam Wrestling. So if you can make it there, I'll have you on my guest list. You'll get free tickets. You're going to get free merch. We got lapel pins that we give out for free and an exclusive chalk line Not Sam jacket. Uh, And that's only available by being a Hall of Fame level Not Sam shill. All of it at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. So go over there. You know, we're building a community there. You'll also, all tiers, get access to the Discord room where people are all the time talking about wrestling. You need more wrestling buddies? Join the community of Not Sam Shills over at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling and join us in the Discord room. It's a really fun thing uh, and a great way to communicate with you guys. So go ahead and sign up to be a Not Sam Shill. Uh, Speaking of Chalkline, man, I hope I get them. I can't wait. They put out these like WCW and NWO tracksuits on their Instagram account that I think they're up for sale on their website now too. They look amazing, like a purple and gold WCW tracksuit. And they got a, a black and white and a black and red NWO tracksuit. I mean, the purple and gold WCW tracksuit is like something out of a dream for me. It's just so cool. So uh, the minute that I get them, you'll be seeing me on Instagram just rocking them constantly, constantly. Now, let's get into it. Uh, I think we're going to concentrate a lot, a lot of this week's State of Wrestling on Roman Reigns and on Evolution. So let's start it up. It's time for the State of Wrestling here on Not Sam Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Yeah, it is State of Wrestling time here on Not Sam Wrestling. And I figure this week, uh, we're really, usually we do the top five stories of the week. Of course, as I mentioned earlier on the show, you can watch along with the State of Wrestling exclusively at Patreon. If you want to see the video of this entire segment, you have to be a Not Sam shill over at patreon.com slash Wrestling. Starting next week, we're going to start giving out the Patreon shoutouts that have been promised uh, as listed on some of the tiers over on Patreon. But... Before we get to next week, we have to talk this week. Usually on the State of Wrestling, we do the top five stories of the week. Um, But this week, honestly, this week I considered doing a a top one story and just talking about kind of uh, what's on everybody's mind, which is, of course, Roman Reigns. Uh, I do think that we should talk a little bit about Evolution as well. Uh, As I stated earlier, I'm going to do an Evolution pre-show. 
for the Not Sam Shells at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling right before the pay-per-view, probably around 5.30 Eastern. We'll go for about an hour or so. Um, so that's going to be for Patreon. But before we get there, I figured we'd talk about it here. So this is going to be more of a... This will be about a top two. You know, there, there was a bunch of stuff happening this week that I do want to give a quick shout-out to. I watched part of the uh, NWA 70th anniversary show. And, you know, I love what the NWA is doing. I love uh, the build. I thought that they needed to do some more promotion. I thought the promotion that the NWA did leading towards All In uh, and the fact that they were associated with that show, and maybe it was by design, but I thought there was a lot more promotion about the fact that the NWA title was going to be defended at All In than there was that this show was happening at all. I thought that uh, it needed more promotion, and I thought that the look of it, while I got what they were going for with the sort of foggy, old-school-looking thing, I feel like if you know the audience has been exposed to what All In looks like, the audience has been exposed to what Bound for Glory looked like in that tiny little room in New York— uh, they look big. They look professional. They're well lit. You know, I, I think that if the NWA is going to continue to running shows like this, you gotta you gotta have the bright lights on when you're doing these shows. But the wrestling itself was really good, uh, and I think that there's uh, I think the NWA has got a lot of potential, especially with a mind like Billy Corgan behind it. So there's that, and I also want to recommend uh, any of you guys that have not watched NXT this week or I guess last week's NXT, do it. I don't always watch it on time, but I try to catch up where I catch up, and last week, the tag team title match between the Undisputed Era and the War Raiders was an incredible match, just just a fantastic match. It's, it's why NXT is as popular as it is, and why so many people talk about NXT. Um, definitely check out that match. Uh, I don't want... Uh, I guess I won't spoil it, but I think most people know what happens at the end of that match. But regardless of what the finish is, the match was just incredible, and both teams, the Undisputed Era and War Raiders are just, they're so fire right now. So, so fire. They're, they're great. I love it. Um, let's talk about evolution. Let's go to the top two stories of the week right away, and uh, we'll start with this one. Evolution is, of course, on Sunday. Uh, it's a co-branded pay-per-view, as all the pay-per-views are. It's the first, WWE's first all-women's pay-per-view. And, again, you talk about the promotion for the NWA 70th anniversary show. I think that it gets a little bit tricky because you got Crown Jewel, you got all this stuff happening. So I don't think that Evolution got the individual attention necessarily that it deserved. However, I do think if you look at the card, I would say three of the matches on the card have been very well promoted. Three of the matches on the card have a really, really solid story behind it. Um, and, and, you know, we can break down the matches as we go, some people have said that the card is not, uh, doesn't feel as full as they thought it would, or, or that they wish the card felt a little bit fuller. And I could see that point. Um, I do think that they've done a tremendous job building Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey. I mean, the job that WWE has done at building Charlotte and Becky has been phenomenal. But not all the matches have stories, and I think there is there there is a little bit of room. But that doesn't really have as much to do with the Evolution pay-per-view as it does with regular WWE TV. It's about uh, injecting those storylines uh, into the women's division. And I think slowly but surely, WWE is getting there. So let's go over what this pay-per-view looks like. Um, of course, the Women's Battle Royal. Well, first you have the, I'll say, you know, as far as 
off of the main roster, and this is interesting, right? We've got an eight-match show that's been announced. Eight matches have been announced. You've got an all-female pre-show panel that's been announced. That's going to be Paige, Renee, Beth Phoenix. You've got some kind of red carpet going on, uh, and all, all the female uh, interviewers will be there. Kathy Kelly, of course, our dear, dear friend Kathy Kelly. Charlie Caruso will be there. Uh, I'm sure Dasha will be there. The ring announcers, Lillian Garcia coming back. Kayla, of course, is going to be a part of it. So uh, it, it's going to be decked out, everybody there. Um, but the non-main roster matches. So if you don't count the Battle Royal, you're now down to seven matches. Three of the seven, not counting the Battle Royal, are non-main roster matches, which I think, which I think is very, very interesting. But they're definitely, definitely letting all of their women from their various brands shine on this pay-per-view. And really, if they're going to do an all-women's pay-per-view, I think it is necessary that that happens a little bit. Um, of course, you've got uh, the, the UK championship. The UK women's championship is going to be on the line. Uh, you've got the finals of the May Young Classic, and we won't... I mean, I, I, I would think that by now you guys know who is in the finals of the May Young Classic, but in case you need to catch up, I won't say who it is, I guess. And then the NXT Women's Championship, who, which is the match, by the way, that Shayna Baszler asked for when she was on this podcast before the match was actually announced. It's, of course, uh, Kaidi Sane versus Shayna Baszler. <coughs> Excuse me. Kaidi Sane versus Shayna Baszler with Kaidi defending the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, I think that that could be a phenomenal match. And I think that both, first of all, Shayna Baszler, how you cannot love Shayna Baszler, I don't know. And quite frankly, how you cannot love, here's what, Shayna Baszler I love just because of the passion that she shows for professional wrestling. Like, it is so clear that this is exactly where she wants to be and that all she wants to do is get better and better and better and better. Like, this woman wants to be the best at this. Which is amazing to see. You know, it, it, and, and I don't mean she's just like, yeah, I want to be the best. I mean, it's her life blood. It is what fuels her, Shayna Baszler, is to be the best at wrestling that any woman has ever been. And quite frankly, the year that she's been around, she's done that. She's paved that way. I'm not saying she's the best female sports entertainer on the planet but what I am saying is that the work that she's done over the last year since she's been in WWE and on NXT it speaks for itself you can watch her match by match and people say that Ronda Rousey is the female Brock Lesnar and I've argued that many times here on the podcast could not be further from the truth Ronda Rousey is not the female Brock Lesnar Ronda Rousey isn't trying to be the female Brock Lesnar WWE doesn't want Ronda Rousey to be the female Brock Lesnar if anyone is the female Brock Lesnar it's Shayna Baszler all you have to do is watch what she's done on NXT it's Shayna Baszler I love Kaidi Sane because she's so much fun to watch uh, the way she can, the, the, the way she's reinvented such simple moves. I mean, I never thought after Randy Savage that anybody would do any more work on the elbow drop. I thought the elbow drop was kind of finito as far as a finisher goes. Like we've seen it. It's there. It's one of the basic wrestling moves and we're good to go. But Kaidi Sane, talk about resurrecting something and adding new life into it. Amazing. Amazing. I just love watching her, but I do hope that Shayna Baszler beats her because I think Shayna Baszler as a dominant NXT Women's Champion is probably, it's the best thing I've seen in the NXT Women's Division such a since Asuka. 
We'll talk about Asuka too. But I was such a huge Asuka fan in NXT. That's documented. Um, and I feel the same way about Shayna Baszler. Except Shayna Baszler is like the heel version of Asuka, which is even better, I think. When you have somebody who's unbeatable and just ruthless about it and not a good guy about it, doesn't care about pleasing the fans, I love that. I love that. And Shayna Baszler is the perfect person for it. So I hope that Shayna Baszler wins the title just because she's awesome. Awesome. But if Katty Sane walks out champion, I'm not upset because Katty Sane is pretty damn good herself. Okay, so that's what's going on. By the way, I mean, you talk about a, a primo slot for both the UK Women's Championship match and especially the May Young Classic Tournament Finals. This is a main roster pay-per-view. This is evolution. This is a pay-per-view that's being promoted as like groundbreaking, as historic, as something. They're trying to get mainstream press out of this pay-per-view. And the fact that these six women have the opportunity to compete in these three matches on this pay-per-view, I don't think that that should be uh, uh, undersold. It's a big deal for for all six of those women involved. It's a big deal for everybody that's on this show, but specifically those. Uh, we then get to the Women's Battle Royal, which uh, some of these are a little bit of a shocker. The people who have been announced as in the Women's Battle Royal are Tamina, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Ember Moon, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Asuka, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Lana, Naomi, and then Zelina Vega, Maria Kanellis coming back, and, and Maria, even while she's been back in the WWE, she's really just been a manager, and then she went away to have a baby, which, you know, God bless. So to see Maria back in the ring, this is really a taste of, of the diva division, right? Maria Kanellis, it's been a while since she's been in a WWE ring. And then you go through the legends, which Maria Kanellis is kind of, to me, that, that, uh, that joining block, between the current roster and the legends, because quite frankly, she's both. But we've got uh, announced Molly Holly, Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool, Ivory, Kelly Kelly, and Alundra Blaze. Big deal to have Medusa in this match. Alundra Blaze is going to be in the match itself. Now, there's a few people on here, you know, I kind of would have liked to see uh, the Iconics have a tag match. You almost wish that the stuff that's been going on between the Iconics and uh, Asuka and Naomi was a tag match that happened at the pay-per-view. But at the same time, I, w you know, I would have liked to have seen an Asuka-Naomi match. I would have liked to have seen something happen between that tandem, between Naomi and Asuka, build up some tension, and do a singles match between Asuka and Naomi. I think that that would have been a phenomenal match. And then maybe do like, uh, uh, you could do the Iconics versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. You could do the Iconics versus, uh, uh, you know, Carmella is the other name that screams out as, as being in the Battle Royal. But maybe the Iconics versus Carmella and Zelina Vega or something like that. Um, but maybe not. I mean, the Battle Royal is not a horrible spot. But as I look at the, the roster of people in this thing, there's no doubt in my mind Asuka needs to win this match. I mean, Asuka is the name in this battle royal that screams out like, really? She came into WrestleMania as the undefeated uh, number one contender for the women's championship, and now she doesn't have a singles match? You know, that's a shocker to a lot of people. So I think that this, this 
match. And, and, you know, I don't think it's fair to uh, take a crap on the Battle Royal because, quite frankly, I think it's great that they're doing it. I think that the effort to get in as many women as humanly possible on this show is exactly what they should be doing. So I'm happy about it. And I'm happy that uh, a lot of these women who might not have a natural spot to have a match, especially with the three non-main roster matches happening, you know, you want to show the, the, the world everything going on under the WWE brand. So you can't exclude the non-main roster talent, you know. And I would imagine, by the way, that there'll be more surprise entrants in this Battle Royal, whether it's more NXT stars, whether it's uh, people who popped up in the Mae Young Classic. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a Mia Yim pop up in this Battle Royal. Stuff like that. Um, and who knows? Maybe surprise legends, you know, is Jacqueline still doing stuff? We saw her at the Royal Rumble. Um, but uh, I, I do think that this match is tailor-made for Asuka to win. And if we could put a positive spin on it, which I you know like to do, I think that Asuka winning this battle royal could be the momentum that Asuka needs to start pushing her in an upward direction. I think that if Asuka's able to win this battle royal and it's, you know, hyped up as as much of a big deal as it is, then, you know, you could have a clean finish. And we'll get into the Becky Lynch-Charlotte match. But if you have a clean finish in that match and we know who the champion is and Asuka is waiting in the wings because she's won this battle royal, I think that could be a strong place for Asuka. And it might I think it's something that Asuka really uh, uh, could use right now, a good shot in the arm. So for me, it's imperative that Asuka wins this battle royal. Um, I think everybody else can survive in there uh, and, and still get a little bit of shine. But Asuka is the one who really, really needs to win this one. Uh, we have a six-person tag match between the Riot Squad, uh, and they're going to be taking on Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalya. And, you know, there are people who aren't thrilled about this match. But quite frankly, you know, Sasha and, and Bailey haven't been on TV that much. Natalia is confined to being uh, uh, Ronda Rousey's corner person, which means that since Ronda Rousey has her match, there's no organic space for Natalia. I think the Riot Squad have done nothing but impress people since being on Raw. You know, the Riot Squad is in that column. People talk about people coming up, uh, superstars coming up from NXT and not getting a fair shake. The Riot Squad is in the column of people coming up from NXT and excelling on the main roster. Um... So, you know, I, I, I am actually not mad at this match. I think it gives space for Natalia Bailey and Sasha Banks to shine on their own, you know, as a, as a, as a, a three-person tag, and it gives the Riot Squad a match as well. And I think that the Riot Squad, it's better to have the Riot Squad in a match where they're working together than to put them in the Battle Royal because you'll get to see the tag team effort. Now, if I had my druthers about it, we would have had a nice, long, drawn-out story between Sasha Banks and Bailey. And uh, four weeks ago, we would have had a big explosion between the two of them. The friendship that got back together after counseling would have finally imploded. And it one of the big matches we'd see, the three biggest matches on this show, would be Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella, Charlotte versus Becky, and then a babyface Bailey taking on a heel Sasha Banks. Like that, to me, that singles match, Bailey versus Sasha Banks... That's a match that I want to see on pay-per-view uh, again, and I feel like Evolution could have been the spot for that. You know, I, you, I bring, I've brought it up many times, but, like, the match that Sasha Banks and Bailey had at TakeOver Brooklyn 1, 
was a revolutionary match. It was a super important match in the history of this women's evolution. So I think it would have been nice to have Bailey versus Sasha Banks build a nice story getting there and in the package uh, explaining why this is such an important match go back to take over Brooklyn 1 and talk about that. I think that would have been really really cool. But I'd rather have this than have them either not on the show or not have a match separated from anything else. So there's that. Uh, we then go on to the tag match Tr- Trish and Lita versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. You know, I think that this, they've done a pretty good job of building this thing up. Uh, Alexa Bliss is just such a wonderful bad guy. It's really interesting to see Mickey James and her placement here because Mickey James is now on the side of, of today's women. When in reality, Lita and Trish are also Mickey James's peers. Mickey James could easily be in the same category as, as Trish and Lita, but her career continues on. So I think it'll be interesting to see what Trish and Lita have. I mean, it's been a long time since they had a match. We saw them compete at the Royal Rumble, and both looked pretty good. I thought Trish looked great at the Rumble, but it's a lot easier to be in a Royal Rumble match than to be in a, a full-on tag team match. And it's 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 interesting. They're really taking a risk because it's not like Trish has a partner and Lita has a partner that they can rely on in terms of doing the heavy lifting. It's up to Trish and Lita together to do that heavy lifting. So I'm anxious to see how they get that done and what they have left in the tank. And I mean, part of me hopes that we see Trish and Lita with like a ton of energy left in the tank and all of a sudden they get the itch again and they want to start wrestling again just because, you know, how cool would that be? Um, But I'm interested in this match. I'm interested in it. Uh, Then, of course... You've got your two title matches. You've got, uh, we'll start with Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Again, we heard Becky on the podcast earlier. Uh, Just such a great build to this thing. Such a great build. Nobody's sick of it. Everybody wants to see this match. Everybody. I, I haven't met anybody that's sitting there going, All right, enough, enough with Charlotte and Becky. We've already seen it. And I think that the arc that's been built between these two uh, is perfect for a last women standing match. And I love that there's a stipulation like that that kind of adds history to it. Um, I think that this is going to be the match that steals the show. I think this is going to be the match that, you know, 10 years later we're talking about as the standout. Um, And I think that this is going to also be the match that we fully realize where Becky Lynch is at. If I have my druthers about it, you know, I think that... uh, Becky gets a clean victory over Charlotte. You know, the same way that I thought that Asuka's loss to Charlotte at WrestleMania was survivable. Some people did not. Some people would argue, hey, look at what's happened. I still say survivable. Um, I think that Charlotte losing this series to Becky Lynch is survivable. And I think that Charlotte could use a loss, quite frankly. I think that Charlotte could use a little bit of sympathy uh, built in her corner, in her favor, because at some point, It's going to come back around, right? At some point, we'll be ready to see Charlotte again. But right now, we're witnessing something special in the rise of Becky. And I tell you, I love the idea of watching Becky win this match fair and square, as fair and square as any last woman standing match would be. You know, foreign objects, of course, they're fighting all over the audience, whatever they need to do. But I just mean in the sense that, like, There's not a ton of interference. Charlotte's not tied up somewhere. It's not a finish where 
Next week on SmackDown, Charlotte comes out and says, hey, you didn't really beat me. We, we know leaving that on this night, on the night of Evolution, Becky Lynch was not only the better woman, but Becky Lynch was the man. So that's part one. I want this feeling of, yep, tonight, in this moment, Becky Lynch is the man. Becky Lynch is or was the better woman. And at the same time, no, oh my God, after that battle royal, do you know what this means? Going forward, Tuesday on SmackDown, I don't want the conversation to be about Charlotte and Becky having another match at Survivor Series. Tuesday on SmackDown, I want the conversation to be leading towards Survivor Series. We've got Becky Lynch versus Asuka with Becky defending the title. Because now we get to celebrate the moment of Becky being champion. It's not about this Becky-Charlotte story anymore. Becky gets to move on from that as champion and get ready for this match against Asuka, who is now, you know, re-strengthened, who has won this battle royal and is now going to go on this line for the next couple weeks of reminding people what a big deal she is. So that's what I want to see. I want to see Becky beat Charlotte. I want to see an amazing match. I have no doubt we'll see an amazing match. And I want to know that we're looking at a Becky versus Asuka match at Survivor Series. That, to me, very, very compelling. Very, very compelling. And, of course, the main event of the night, the Raw Women's Championship is on the line. It's Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella. You know, I think that this has been a great story. I think Ronda Rousey has really, really shined in her promos. I think the fact that she's uh, involving social media, I think the fact that this feels real. This feels real. And I almost wish that uh, Nikki Bella would have would have acknowledged some of the tweets that were going out about Ronda Rousey before she got to WWE. You remember those tweets that were going out from some of the women on the roster and there was the big debate as to whether they were a work or a shoot. Is it a shoot or is it a work? You know, and I said, I, you know, I think that this is wrestling. You know, that these women aren't going to go out rogue and say nasty things about one of the biggest signings in the women history of the women's division, if not the biggest signing, that there's a reason for all this. I, I, I would like to see Nikki Bella bring that up. And who knows? You know, I, I still want to see Survivor Series Ronda Rousey captain a team of female superstars versus Nikki Bella captaining a team of divas. I just think that would be such a strong move for the women to have a traditional all-female Survivor Series match where there's a story built in because that's where it's going to make the big difference. Not just that it's happening, but there's a story built in because when there's a story built in, well... Now this is real wrestling. Now we're making history because we're not just doing it for history's sake. We're doing it because it makes sense with the story. And that's what's going on here. I think there's no doubt that Ronda Rousey walks out victorious. You know, I think that this pay-per-view ends with Ronda Rousey holding the women's championship over her head because the reality is that Ronda Rousey does represent the new direction of the WWE's women division, eh, women's division. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I don't, I don't ag- agree with the idea that Ronda Rousey is... Uh, uh, just kind of jumping on the bandwagon because Ronda Rousey is a symbol for uh, the evolution of all female athletics. I mean, Ronda Rousey single-handedly brought female MMA to UFC, in my opinion. Before Ronda Rousey existed, Dana White literally, there's video of him doing it. He told TMZ, we will never have female fighters in UFC. Ronda Rousey is the one that changed that. And there's a whole bunch of people, you know, there's talk of Cyborg coming into WWE which I think would be cool, you know, if Cyborg wants to do this. But, 
you know, I also think you've got a ton of potential dream matches going on uh, for Ronda Rousey. And uh, this is is one of them. I mean, this is... This is Ronda Rousey, the face of the evolution of female athletics versus Nikki Bella, who, quite frankly, the longest-running Divas champion of all time, the face of the Divas division, the face of the Divas revolution. Give Divas a chance. That was Nikki Bella. That was the original cry. Give Divas a chance. And I think that that is the spirit that Nikki Bella should continue in even after this show, even after Ronda beats her, in my opinion, is that Nikki Bella should remind people that we're trying to give Divas a chance. I'm very, very excited about the show, and I'm very, very excited to connect with all of you that are not Sam Shills over at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling before the show on Sunday uh, afternoon slash evening. Now, uh, we should talk about Roman Reigns. So, you know, I was utterly shocked. I was floored. I was kind of, I was a bit shaken for the entire episode of Raw, even the next morning. Like, I couldn't believe you. I mean, just think about that. First of all, I very quickly, Roman Reigns comes out, and he's got this look on his face where it is the sort of, it's a similar look to what Finn Balor had when he put down the title. It's, it's, it's that look of, I'm injured, and I'm going home for a while. But I had no idea it was this, you know. When Roman Reigns came out and said, you know, it's a lie, my name is Joe. First of all, his premise that he promised to be a fighting champion and that's a lie because he can't do that, I reject that premise. You know, it's not a lie because the circumstances... He were not circumstances he had any control over. So um, I actually wish that, and and I guess that's Roman being Roman. That's Roman being uh, taking ownership for everything that's going on. But Roman comes out and he says, you know, my name's Joe. And he says that for 11 years he's been living with leukemia and that he was diagnosed when he was 22 and it was he beat it. It was in remission and it's back. And now he's got to fight this thing again. Um, you know, I was I was floored. I was floored, and I think a lot of people were. I don't think. I mean, I've never heard it talked about. I've interviewed him many times. The thing about Roman Reigns is, you know, very quickly I thought about his family, his daughter. You know, I'm a father, and that would be the first thing that I thought of. You know, once you get to that point, it's like, it's not really about like, you know, oh my God, this is so scary for me. It's, you know, I need to make sure that I'm here for my family. I need to make sure that I'm here for my kids. You know, I need to make sure I'm here to be a father. And, you know, Roman's family meant the the world to him. I don't know if that was always translated. You know, I think so much of the motivation to be good for Roman Reigns has come from providing for his family. He wants to provide the most amazing life possible for his family. Um... You know, Roman Reigns has taken a lot of heat over the year as a character, right? The, the the wrestling character has taken a lot of heat over the years. But there, the the true feelings that wrestling fans have for Roman Reigns came out loud and clear when we realized this was not wrestling anymore. This is real life. And the crowd immediately changed their position and said, we're here with you, Roman. Like, we love you and acknowledged the work that he's put in because you cannot you cannot realistically you can hate the character 
You can be tired of seeing him win matches. You can say he's not the guy. You can say plenty of stuff. You can't say he's a bad wrestler because he's really quite good. You can't say he's not a superstar because he's absolutely a superstar. And you can't say he's not putting in the work and hasn't put in the work. I mean, this guy has worked day in, day out to get better and better and better and better and represent the company the way he thinks he should be as the top guy. I mean, uh, I somebody on Twitter referred to Roman Reigns as the, the backbone of the locker room. You know, and you could see that in the video that WWE.com put out with everybody hugging him and saying goodbye for the evening and everything just because, I mean, it hit everybody so emotionally. In the time that I've been in WWE, I have not heard the grumblings, not that I would hear everything. I don't hear anybody saying bad things about Roman Reigns, quite frankly. And I'll tell you this, you know, uh, in 20, right before, actually the interview aired right after Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble four years ago in, well, I guess 2014, 2015. Um, you know, when he got booed out of Philadelphia that night, and that was kind of the beginning of booing Roman Reigns. And it last, it's lasted up until, you know, he told the audience what was going on with him. Um, and I, I, I think that, I think that people kind of got lost in, in booing the character. You know, right around then, he also did a, an interview with me here on the podcast that was the first real interview I did on the podcast that got a ton of wrestling press for it just because Roman was pretty honest about the fact that, like, he doesn't care if the audience boos him. And and it is what it is. But, but a lot of the uh, fans online weren't terribly happy with the way he said it because they thought he came across as not really caring about the fans. And I have to tell you... It couldn't be more opposite from the truth. It couldn't be more opposite from the reality of who Roman Reigns is. Roman Reigns is doing this because he wants to. You know, he wants to provide for his family, but at the same time, he's an athlete. He's a competitor. He wants to be the best, and he wants to be the best at entertaining us. You know, that's him. And, you know, I've gotten to to spend very small amounts of time with him on a social level. He, Joe is a great guy like he's a really pretty amazing dude and I've really uh I really feel lucky to have gotten to spend some time with him and you know I mean you know, he's just not he's not a big timer he's not a guy who who is too cool for the room he's not any of that and I think that some people have always thought that you know if you could if you could see him, one of my best Roman Reigns memories, and this is not an in-memoriam because I do think he'll be back. Again, this guy is an elite athlete. This guy is a fighter, and this is somebody who is not going to take this sitting down. This is somebody who's going to fight against it, and you can see that in his eyes. He's not bluffing when he says that. If you could have witnessed, and you could see it a little bit. WWE put out a, a short documentary on YouTube, but... I was at the pay-per-view that Roman Reigns uh, beat John Cena finally, and it was the symbolic passing of the torch. And the energy that was radiating off Roman Reigns after he beat John Cena was that of somebody who is completely in this moment. He was feeling that energy. He was ready to take the torch. He was ready to lead the locker room, and he knew what had happened in the most positive way. You know? I, it was really sort of great and refreshing to see that this is not something that us wrestling fans make up 
because these guys are just guys that are getting paid to be there and, and nothing like that. It was like real life. He knew that was a milestone for him. And I was, I was happy to be at that pay-per-view and get to see it. Um, you know, I, I, I think Roman Reigns has, has worked harder than just about anybody. I think he's made a lot of people better uh, than when they started. I think that he's gotten better and better. And I just, uh, I, I'm, I hope that when he gets back and that he does get back and when he does, that people keep this energy. And I kind of think that they will. That they will keep this energy of, you know, we love Roman because we know what he's done. We know the sacrifices that he's made. We know the work that he's put in. We boo the character, but we know what he's doing. We boo the character because that's our job. And he accepts that. So, um, yeah, I mean, really positive thoughts and positive energy to Roman Reigns. Uh, You know, you wonder what happens in the WWE next. And there was conversation about the fact that they moved right along with the storyline. You know, I thought they handled it in a very classy way in the sense that they gave Roman his time at the beginning of the show and they reflected on that moment multiple times throughout the night. I think that you guys have to realize, right, that this is a guy, I mean, we talked about it, this is a guy who is friends with all these people. This is a a guy who works with all these people. Michael Cole, Renee Young, and Corey Graves, who Corey Graves is a, that's his buddy. Corey Graves hangs out with Roman Reigns on a social level. Like he said, their kids play together. That wasn't bluffing. That wasn't for TV. Like that was real life. And Corey Graves, Renee Young, and especially Michael Cole, the way they were able on Monday night to let the moment exist, let the moment be real, be there with the audience. And then what they did as commentators was they made it okay. I don't think anybody, I don't think I did. I don't think the audience did. I don't think the TV audience did. I don't think anybody really was ready to experience an episode of Monday Night Raw after hearing news as horrible as Roman Reigns gave us. And the people that made it okay for us to enjoy Raw on Monday night was Michael Cole, Renee Young, and Corey Graves. And that is, not only is it not an easy job, it's one of the most difficult jobs in the world of broadcasting that you can do, is to follow up on the Roman Reigns thing, make everybody let everybody know it's okay, the show must go on, and without saying it, acknowledge, like, this is what we do, the show must go on, and quite frankly, Roman would have had it this way. There's no other way that Roman would have had it. And I think that that's true. And I think that, that, that you know, Renee Young, Corey Graves, and Michael Cole especially just showed how excellent all three of those people are at their jobs on Monday night. It was, it was unbelievable to see. Um, you know, I, I, I think that changing the Crown Jewel main event to just a singles match between Brock and Braun is not only the best option that you could do, but it's also the most interesting because what are you going to have here? Like, coming off of Raw, I think two storylines were set up in the wake of the idea that Roman Reigns is not going to be a part of the company for in the near future. The first storyline set up was Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is in a hell of a spot. Luckily, Braun Strowman is really good, and deep down we all love him because he's in a hell of a spot right now, right? He spent all summer building up goodwill. Out of nowhere, he turns heel, 
And a month and a half later, because of because it is what it is, he's got to convince us that he's a good guy again. Yeah, that's a lot of 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 laps for a character to have to go through. And that's what's on that's what's in front of Braun Strowman right now. Braun Strowman has to convince us that he's a good guy. So c- clearly Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman is a direction that they're going in. The WWE is going in. So the question is at Crown Jewel, does Braun Strowman win the Universal Championship and then go on to have a program with Drew McIntyre? Does Drew McIntyre cost Braun Strowman the match? And the Universal Championship is back on Brock Lesnar. And now it's Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre fighting it out in the meantime. My preference would be that Braun Strowman leaves with that Universal Championship. That would be my preference. Now, the question is also, in the wake of Roman Reigns, and not to say that he's not going to be with us anymore, but just in the sense that for the short term, he's not on WWE TV. But while he's gone... Who's the man, right? WWE has theoretically, over the last couple of years, been building towards this idea that Roman Reigns is their guy. You know, whether it's the victory over The Undertaker, whether it's the Universal Championship victory, well, you know, you can, you can, many, many victories, right? It's clear that Roman Reigns is the guy. He's gone now. So that leaves his spot wide open because we don't know when or if he's going to be back. So his spot of being the man, the guy, because Becky Lynch is the man, is wide open. So where does that go? Does that mean that Brock Lesnar needs to get the title back? I don't think so. I think people are are a little bit tired of Brock Lesnar as universal champion who defends every four months. You know, I think people are a little bit tired of that. I think that you're going to have to have a moment where you put the title on somebody, I think that Braun Strowman is the right guy to hold the title right now. I think we see a Braun Strowman-Drew McIntyre rivalry. As the rivalry is going, we decide, is Drew McIntyre ready for that title or is he not? Um, but I really think that... that I think that Seth Rollins is going to be the one that rises from all the rubble of, of this. Um, I think that... I think Braun Strowman should win the Universal title at Crown Jewel. Now, we were, I believe, we saw a heel turn on Monday Night Raw that some people loved and some people hated. Dean Ambrose, on the night that Roman Reigns announces that he has leukemia and is leaving the WWE, at least for the short term, Dean Ambrose picks that night to first win the tag team title with Seth, but to then turn on Seth. My, my opinion, I thought the whole thing was brilliant. I thought the whole thing was wrestling. I thought the whole thing was the way Roman Reigns would have wanted it. I think the whole thing is the way us wrestling fans should want it. It's wrestling, and it's kind of perfect. You know, uh, I, I think that the Seth and Dean winning the tag title is an important element. Some people were saying, why give them the tag title just to split them up? And the reason that that's important, number one, you could end up in a situation where you've got, uh, you know, odd uh, bedfellows, if that's the expression, where Dean and Seth still have to defend the titles together, even though they're not getting along, because I don't know if you want to vacate the tag titles and the universal title at the same time. Uh, but I think that the reason it was a good thing is because it, it threw you off the scent. You know, with Seth and Dean winning the tag titles, you were convinced that the WWE is giving us the feel-good moment that we need right now after that massive blow hearing about Roman Reigns. 
And then to see Dean Ambrose turn on Seth, it was like, oh my God, that is a real heel turn. As a matter of fact, that heel turn might be added to my list of the top five that I, I put out last week on the state of wrestling. Um, I also think that doing it at that moment was what had to be done because that was the best way that you can guarantee that Dean Ambrose is going to get booed, that Dean Ambrose is actually going to be a heel. We all love Dean Ambrose. If he just turns heel in a, in a traditional way, you know, I don't think that it's going to hold up, you know, because I don't think people want to boo Dean Ambrose. So I think that doing it this way forces us to boo him. You know, I, I, I really do. I just, and, and it's wrestling, man. It's wrestling, and that's what we're watching. So I thought it was brilliant, and I look forward to seeing what's next. Coming off of Raw, it seemed like we were looking at a future of Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose and Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre. Now, some people are talking about doing a Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins WrestleMania match, but I feel like that match has to happen way before WrestleMania. We're six months away from WrestleMania, and the turn has already happened. So I don't know how you wait to WrestleMania. I almost feel like... Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins has to be the rivalry that leads us to WrestleMania. And then maybe WrestleMania is Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins with that universal title on the line. Maybe. I don't know. It remains to be seen. I think it leaves us in a very interesting spot. Um, but I, you know, I think we all, while we can enjoy the interesting spot that we're in and speculate about it, I think we have to also make sure that we take the time to send positive wishes to Roman Reigns and primarily to his family. Because that's real life, man. That's real life and not something we can take for granted. Hey, thanks for being a part of another episode of Not Sam Wrestling and uh, of another state of wrestling. We will see you next week right here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, toodaloo, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Great review. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.